Welcome back, Jilted Indian Podcast listeners. This is Anju. Pooja. And Miranda. Welcome to 2020, a brand new shiny decade, which we all had such high hopes for, and they've pretty much all been dashed now, right? Yeah. 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 But before we move on to, to new business in 2020, I wanted to issue a quick apology to our listeners. In our Erotic Stories for Punjabi Widows, our Jilted Indian Book Club episode, we did broach the topic of child marriage and all the grossness that that entails, but we did not give a trigger warning in that episode. So we on, be, on behalf of myself and the podcast, we do apologize for that if that triggered anybody. Um, and that was an oversight, and we did not mean to do that. So we did put that in the show notes, and um, we're you know, letting you know now that that's happening around the the 31 minute mark. So around there in the last episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, just skip it if that's a trigger for you. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very thoughtful uh, and considerate. We haven't said this yet, but we're the Jilted Indian podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are trying something new today. So bear with us like you have for the last three years. I mean, like, why would you stop being patient with us now? <laughs> you listened through the bad audio, so thank yes, you. you did. Yeah. We love you for that. We are forever grateful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we originally proposed this episode, it was supposed to be breezy, and we were supposed to like talk about fun stuff. Yeah, we were like, this has been a really heavy season. We should have a nice fun episode. And then I don't know. This has not been a fun year. <laughs> Everything went to hell. What can we say? <laughs> like 2020 it's supposed to be the resolutions and the uh and the frivolity and the everyone does something good for themselves for like one week two weeks what are your thoughts on resolution I know that we talk a lot about self-care on here and the pressures of being perfect and extra stressors in our life and I just like what do you feel about resolutions and, and depending on what you feel about Do you have one? Um, My attitude is if I set a resolution on January 1st, it is guaranteed not to happen. (laughs) Or if I think about having something, a New Year's resolution, it is bound to fail. So if I'm not thinking of that resolution months in advance, which with reading books, that has been 100% on my mind for months. Like I want a life where I'm doing so much less. And doing so, so little that I'm just twiddling my thumbs into my apartment and I say to myself, I think I'm going to read a book. And that's, it's been happening more lately. And I'm so happy when I'm doing it. And I get lost, like that getting lost in the book feeling happens versus the, I really want to read this book and it almost feels obligatory because if I don't read the book, I'll just be so sad that I'm not reading it's a little, it's like, it's like changing my lifestyle to fit books in and it's inadvertently creating some kind of health. And the other part of that is I want to be a better writer and there's no fucking better way to be a better writer than to read other writers. And I've written a lot, so I'm good there. I want to actually study other people's writing and especially writers like um, I'm reading Handmaid's Tale and a handful of brown books, brown author books that we actually mentioned in our last episode. It's so um, interesting to me how authors can use such simple language and tell such great stories. 
that's my resolution, but it's been in the works for months and it's creating the things for me that I wanted anyway, which is like health and mental well-being. How about y'all? Anju? I had not traditionally been a big New Year's resolution person. Um, I think last year was the first year I like really did it. But my perspective about resolutions is that instead of it being a thing that I'm going to like start on the new year, it's more like a goal for the year. So I have 365 years days to get there, which is good. Um, my resolution, I decided to continue, like roll over to from last year. So one was to read more. Last year was 12 books and I got to 18. So this year it's going to be 20 books. And um, I'm going to try and make sure that one of them is nonfiction because I'm bad about that. And there's a lot of nonfiction stuff I do want to read. And one of them I'm going to try and make sure is classic lit because I'm also bad about that. I don't think I've actually read classic literature since I graduated from college. Girl. With an English degree. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did she say 18? 18? Wow. I'm like, did I read? I read one. I read okay, two, but no, maybe? that doesn't. So to be fair, when I say eighteen books, that includes graphic novels and romance novels, and like yeah, half they of are course. books. They're books. Yeah, I I read more than two books. I'm just saying, like, um, and so yeah, I'm also going to work on having a better ratio of romance novels to other things. Ah. but I got stuck on a book last summer, and like it was killing me, and I read like five romance novels just as a distraction from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's me and books on trauma. They they sit around. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like feeling that. Um, I'll study you later. Uh, but 18 books. I'm so impressed and Me inspired, too. actually. I'm really inspired yeah, by send that. send us the list. We're going to put them in the show notes. I love people's <laughs> book lists. Yeah. I really do. A friend um, of mine was saying that. My other goal, the, the b- bigger one for me last year, was that I was going to try and do one thing every two weeks. So that was a total of 26 things for the year that um, pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And I got there mainly because last year was the worst year ever. So this year, I would like to be a little more intentional in choosing the things that I do instead of them just being terrible situations that I have to deal with. So those are my two big ones. I love that. Me too. First, I want to give a shout out to my friend May. I had a girls trip this last weekend with um, my with some of my closest closest friends. We are we all met when we were adults, and we know each other through the other person in the group. And except for Laura, who couldn't make it, we all had a girls weekend staying with our friends Neha and Austin, and we just had the best fucking conversations. This was an adult grown woman sleepover. And May, you know, she talked a lot about, you know, her goals this year and what her personal brand is. And her personal brand is authenticity. And and she set some, you know, goals and they were very, the buzzword, and you just said it, Andrew was intentional. And so I think that is what I look at a resolution as um, because I fully believe that the traditional resolution is just um, an outcropping of capitalism. <laughs> Patriarchy. And um, it's just one, the marketing arm of capitalism, because in order to achieve the traditional resolution, you need to buy into something, a new lifestyle, a mindset, a something. And I think if you are more intentional with what you want to achieve, then you're growing yourself. And so I, you know, Andrea, I'm really, I'm really in awe. So I have, uh, you know, I have some goals like achievable, you know, you know, smart goals type of crap, not crap. They're not crap. I have smart goal type of things I want done 
in my life and, you know, in terms of projects, personal projects and, and things having to do with growing my understanding to my culture and my roots. But in terms of intentionality and what I want to change about myself, I haven't really landed on anything except to, I really liked how I went back to therapy last year and I really like how I, you know, stopped, you know, I gave myself a limit to the amount of stress I would let myself suffer with. And when I say suffer, I mean, again, my girlfriends and you, and you guys are among them. Um, and my sisters and things like that are the, one of the strongest support systems a person can ask for, but they're just things that, you know, I need a third party or I need somebody who is trained to be like, okay, here's where this is toxic. Here's where you're right. Here's where, you know, you need to do some homework about, and it's coming from a place of nothing, right? Other than you need to break these patterns you are here to better yourself type of thing, you know, that type of energy. So intentionality, intention-wise, resolution-wise, I think just more focusing on, you know, my mental health because that's something that has borne fruit the more I give attention to. That was beautiful. (laughs) God, I'm weepy today. I'm just like... (laughs) I am too. I cried three times at work for no reason. No reason. <laughs> There's a full moon too, by the way. Oh, I know y'all. Did, did our cy- cycles like sink or something? Is they that do. I think so. God, I'm fucking weepy. Um, I I I saw the moon though. The moon is bright as fuck, and it's <laughs> and it's looking circular. It's looking circular. Anyway, <laughs> fucking moon. It is. It's um, so pretty. Uh, so what about things we want to leave behind in 2019? Oh Jesus fucking christ <laughs> everything that's happening in 2020 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're already there <laughs> like i thought we were gonna leave fat shaming behind but january 5th 2020 lizzo is chased off of twitter because of it it's like she is constantly being harassed about her body her size and all she does is show you that body size doesn't matter in how you value yourself and the fact that these these people and I'm you know today the news hit that Jillian watched her face from the biggest loser body shamed Lizzo specifically you know name dropped her on BuzzFeed's AM to DM morning show on Twitter because I guess she needs her attention yeah, uh, 100% here's the what she said though and this this first of all I don't know what it is about somebody who who made her um, fame off of getting people to lose weight in about the most unhealthy way imaginable, which is massive caloric deficit and and via activity and food that did not improve their health whatsoever. At Almost all. all of them gained their weight back. Uh, somebody who made themselves famous that way. Now, granted, her workouts are hard. They're 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 hard. They are what they are on brand for her. But here's the thing. Here's the the most. Here's why I know she's not that bright. (laughs) (laughs) Or here's how I know she made her riches off the patriarchy. She goes, I I don't know why we're not talking about her music, because it would be really sucky if she got diabetes. Presuming that we need to check her blood work, um, both Pooja and I saw her live. I, mm. She danced a, and her ass off for an hour and a half. 
Um, she goes, I don't know why we're not talking about her music. Because it would suck if she had diabetes. Hey, Jillian, have you listened to her music? What, what is her music about? <laughs> her music is about <laughs> loving yourself and loving your body and appreciating yourself and shit like her song, Fitness. Fuck you, Jillian Michaels. Uh, what, is, what are the lyrics? Independent, athletic. Uh, I've been sweating, doing calisthenics, bootylicious, mind your business. I've been working, working on my fitness, but I don't do this for you. Like, and it's not about being thin. It's about like just loving yourself. Just yeah, fuck you, Jillian Michaels. We know your last name, bitch. Anyway, so dry snitched you. Everybody, everybody who knows Lizzo or who dogs Lizzo, have you noticed that they all just kind of disappear into the ether? You know, she's just too great. She's too loved. And that's like a sick thing about society. It's, you know, she's been around for what, seven years now? She's been homeless. She's been living in her car. She suffered great trauma with the passing of her parent, you know? And just her journey is amazing if people took the time to find out. However, you know, she's out there twerking and playing the flute three times a week. She's headlining almost every festival for the last six months. Yeah. I just saw she's one of the headliners for Bonnaroo 2020. And I just think that people's concept of what is healthy is twofold toxic. One is, you know, they think thinness is health. Mm -mm. And on the other hand, they think, you know, in order to be thin, Part of that toxicity manifests itself into body shaming inadvertently. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you know, just saying like my goal weight is not body shaming, right? That is your personal goal. That's you. That's great. But when you do a thing where you're when you're put a picture up of your past self and you degrade yourself and that's fine if you're doing that internally you know that's for you and your therapist Mm -hmm. but if you're doing that in front of a community you're modeling behavior at that point and at you know if that's your personal struggle is that you going through your personal struggle is that best time to be modeling any type of behavior we should do an episode again about this we did a hundred percent yeah we we should revisit yeah we should revisit this topic again um uh, about how we look at our bodies in 2020 should also be intentional should Mm -hmm. you know should you know bust the patriarchy down and and just say you know you don't have any control over me you're you be we know now that bmi is bullshit we know enough about how studies are funded and how things are done um to know that anything we have on the science could be biased depending on who funded the study you got to be in tune with your body, I think, in order to buck the patriarchy. Right. And that answers your question, Andrew. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great one. That is a great um, one. Miranda, what about you? What's the thing you want to leave behind in 2019? I think you all know the answer to this question. And, and actually, I don't know how to answer this exactly. I'm going to answer it in the opposite way. But I learned something very, very important about myself and about what strikes fear in me uh, in terms of like my story uh, and what what makes my fight or flight response really just 
trigger and kick off and go nonstop and in a chronic way. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm feeling nervous. I'm talking about straight up chronic anxiety and stress for prolonged periods of time uh, to the point where I'm not sleeping and I'm not happy. And then it compounds because then I'm anxious about not sleeping and being unhappy and it's not about my my overall unhappiness because I don't think I've ever been happier. Like, does that make sense? I'm talking about well, who isn't like, who doesn't hate life a little when they're not sleeping? Oh my gosh. I had dinner with one of my best friends from law school. Shout out Neethi. Um, she's also a friend of the pod. She listens. Hey girl, hi. Hey girl, hi. And we were, I was just telling her that... Um, I have so many brown girlfriends specifically who are in this state of ennui. It's pre or, or mid midlife crisis. It's, it's, it's what have we done? Why are we here? How, who, and what's next? Yeah. Okay. So on the nose, it's, it's just kind of like, uh, I realized what triggers my fear the most. I, uh, rather, I'm not, that's such a blanket thing to say. I learned one more really huge fucking thing that triggers my anxiety the most. And it's so huge that like my figuring it out is what I want to keep in 2020 versus letting it go in 20, letting go of something from 2019. Does that make sense, Andrew? Yeah. What I don't want is for me to be blind or avoidant to that thing that made me so like chronically stressed and, and anxious. That makes uh, sense. I want to just be mindful all the time <laughs> and, uh, Oh shit. I feel this way. Well, I'm going to go alleviate this feeling therapy, support friends, whatever, instead of letting it ride, like letting that anxiety just go because <laughs> I've lived with it for so long that it's normal. Yeah. And I want to foster more joy because I think if I have more touchstones to joy and things that make me happy when I do get in what I'll colloquially call or euphemistically call a funk, Hmm. you know, I can think back while you're capable of experiencing joy, you're capable of enjoying things. So let's, you know, get up out of bed and at least have an egg and go about your day, you know, <laughs> or any other breakfast food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andrew? What are you leaving behind? I guess I would say the thing I want to leave behind in 2019 is um, taking people for granted. Um, you guys know that my mom was sick recently. It was kind of a, a major scare for our family. She's doing a lot better now, thank God. Yay. Um, yeah. But it definitely... It definitely was kind of a wake-up call because, you know, you take your parents for granted when they're there. You don't really – and, like, we thought we had lots of time before this was a thing we were going to have to deal with, and that's not really how it works, apparently. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm grateful. I'm trying to be more grateful and trying to really appreciate the time that I have with her but also with my other family members and um, people that I I do tend to take for granted. Fuck, y'all. I'm going to make me just fucking cry today. (laughs) You're saying such beautiful things. Somebody do a mouth fart. Do a mouth fart. (laughs) (laughs) Something slapstick, please. Um, No, I just think that y'all are saying really beautiful things. And it's making me think about my, you know, my, the people I take for granted. 
And for me that, I mean, I, I don't take my friendships for granted per like per se, but I know that for my relationships, my friendships that who are reliable and are there all the time, they don't feel like the relationships I have hustled for. You know what I mean? Like love of family. I've talked about how I'm a shitty Indian and how I've hustled to be enough to family like my whole fucking life. Um, the, the reliable friendships that have been there and even my relationships with my parents now, we're good now. I have to be more active and cherish and be grateful for those friendships because they really are the medicine of my life. I am echoing what you're both saying. I'm trying actively to fight through, you know, the, the depression and the anxiety and whatever else is happening to make sure that I make memories because of all the reasons you're saying it's, you know, all the loss that I've experienced personally, my family's experience, as well as the state of the world, mm. you know, kind of make you reevaluate what your priorities are. And I know that sometimes I come off as this raging anti-capitalist, but I work for a bank. And so, you know, I can't, I'm a hypocrite, but you know, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it's just, I'm trying to make memories because I realize now that how much of realizing that, oh, that was depression that robbed me of those memories, right? Like I was in a fight or flight state of mind for this period of my life. So that's why I don't remember what happened that Christmas, you know? Mm, yeah. Things like that. Empty shell has been a modus operandi up yeah. until therapy took yeah. over and yeah. writing took over. But, um... Yeah, all of that can go and go away. You remember the old segment, go away and come here? Yeah, like, like yeah. All of that, go away. Go away. <laughs> uh, things we want to go away. <laughs> that, that is all that. Um, you know what? Speaking of go away, it's been a little bright. I need some shade. Oh, what, what's that? <laughs> that breeze. <laughs> Breeze through a shade three, three tree. That was my grandmother. She always mixed up those words. <laughs> Not only was what you said a jilted Indian pod thing, you threw in an actual Indian pronunciation <laughs> of how an Indian person would say the word tree. Right. Three. Three. Yeah. Oh my God. So, oh, it's that our favorite segment, the, the shade, shade tree. The shade tree. Yes. Who's first? Nikki Haley. I wanted to say Nikki Haley, oh, that I, bitch. We were all thinking her. That's hilarious. Fucking okay. Nemorata. I just, I don't understand what the hell her deal is. Like, are you trying to replace Mike Pence on the 2020 ticket? Because wasn't your shtick to be the compassionate, moderate conservative, and now you're out here being a Confederate apologist? And just... I don't know if it's coming from a genuine place of privilege or if this is truly foot soldiering for the patriarchy. And, and the fact that I don't know is only, this is only scarier by the fact that I don't care. <laughs> it's the same outcome, regardless of the underlying motive. I don't think it's a mystery. She goes by Nikki Haley. I think it's pretty clear that it's foot soldiering for the patriarchy. 
She has understood she wants to be president one day. She has understood that this is who the Republican base is now. And she's pandering to them because that's what's going to get her where she wants to be. It's not a mystery. It's just gross. So she's like the part of the wall, the hashtag DC wall of shame that sits right under the shade tree 100% of the time. I feel like she has been on it so much at this point. I propose that we just name it after her. Then Nimrata Nikki Haley Memorial Fossil Wall for <laughs> Daisy Debasements. It's a fossil. But it's, a, it's not a tree anymore. It's a fossil. Minerals have hardened. <laughs> you are hardened into the shade tree. But what do we do? I thought we named it after Bobby Jindal. I mean, Piyush Baya. I don't know. I think he's been out See, of circulation for a while. He's, I mean, we named it after him because he was the first, but Nikki has so far surpassed him at this point. But she should get her own monument. I think, like, people need to remember that this man had his portrait, his official governor's portrait, painted for, without melanin. <laughs> I still feel like the wall should be named after Nikki, but I feel like Bobby could have like, you know, like his own little plaque or memorial, like instead of a hand or a foot, what would it be? Like his ass? Uh, like, uh, <laughs> 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 That's fucking funny, Anju. I mean, is it an ass if it's just two two by fours, just in pants? I don't I'm not proud. That I laughed my ass off at your two by four joke just now. <laughs> Not proud. Any However, race can have a flat ass. <laughs> it's just that I'm like, yeah, two by four ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an ass from Home Depot. It's a TBF ass. It's just not, you know, yeah. probably particle board. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh. Just. Tickle particle board. <laughs> I might take some of that out, but allegedly you are just (laughs) trash anyway. But this is about Nimrata being a piece of shit because, okay, she has a book out and I won't read it. And it's already at the discount bin at half price bookstore. Good. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. Because, um, good. I hope you have to buy all your books back. I hope your publishing house sucks dick and, you have to buy all your books back. Nikki. I hope those trees haunt you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I, it's just like, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. How you can use such harmful words. How can you, how you can deny your past and deny your story to the point or be such a model minority bullshit. Like what uh, regarding what in the, the Confederacy? Yeah, it was in like thing. a tweet. Today, today wasn't it? she said the thing about how Dems are the only ones who are mourning Soleimani, which is, Oh, fuck her for that one. Yeah. Like she was like, have you, if you notice the Democrats are the only ones who are mourning this Iranian, how do you say it? Soleimani? But like, they're the only ones mourning. And it's like, no, fuck face. Well, the thing is with this, it's just the whole Iran conflict. It's an election year. He's impeached. He is running for president and Typically, and I'm going to brush off this old political science undergrad degree, typically in an election year, if you're the president and there's a war, you ask it's reelected. So I'm not saying he's going to start a war to ride that wave to get reelected, but I'm saying George W. Bush did it. Right. Both George Bushes did it, actually. Both with the rock, actually. But H.W., didn't win re-election. 
Mm. Mm. That's true. People get nervous when they get impeached, apparently. And they're like, ah, bombs. Mm. Go war. But this one was like so blatant. I mean, I guess like everything Trump the, does, the, there's like no subtlety to it. The 52 sites, the 52 Iranian sites that he said he would oh. attack to represent some odd, some such. Someone told him that there's no way he knew there were 52 hostages in the Ar- Iran like hostage crisis. There's no way he knew that. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, uh, here's the thing that just sucks. People in power and rich people they have better immune systems why because there's less to lose they're safer that's why old rich billionaires just won't ever fucking die like they just won't (laughs) and they just live on and live on and live on they experience less stress too they experience less stress and so i would say i wish age and time would ravage him but it won't. I like I like Pooja's I hope it hurts every time he pees for the rest of his life. That's a, that's a pretty good curse. <laughs> like in a different type of pain every time so he can't get used to it. Like one time it feels like sharp glass. The next time it feels like sand. The next time it feels like burning. The next time it feels like fire. And one time it feels like a freezing. And another time a cactus. What about if a snail? What if about poisonous frogs? I'm going to pee. <laughs> <laughs> what about electrocution? What about an animal bites them? What about acid? All these options, every time a different one. You got to pee. And if you don't pee, then you ain't drinking water. And if you ain't drinking water, you're dead in four days. So... Ipso facto, if there was a genie, you got to wish for that person, your enemy, to hurt to pee. I can't, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It's diabolical, and it's not like you have the con- you have on your conscience somebody's death. No, no, it is definitely brilliant. My stomach I like how much, how much thought you put into the details of it. But, but like, you also got to wish for, like, it'll hurt for, to pee, for them to pee until they make amends and change. Like, and until they do that, like, it's their own suffering, right? You want to be evil, glass, glass, glass. I won't share it because it's up to you to share. I'm, like, crying and hurting and writhing because they make me laugh so hard. But... Maybe from my, I mean, we talk every day, as you all know, but I think one of my favorite things that Pooja puts into our chats is when she talks about what you just heard. Like, <laughs> she just, it just rolls off the tongue easily. <laughs> that went on she for has a the while. the most creative curses. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a thing of beauty. It really is. It, I am a witch. They're it. just right there. <laughs> Okay. Okay. The ones about Mitch McConnell. We should actually collect them and like post a list on Facebook or on socials at some point. Or collect them in a book and sell them. Yes. I just think that that would that would be just I don't know cathartic money maker. Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll combine y'all's cocktail making recipes, and the book will be called Witch's Brew, and it'll be like cocktails to drink while you're cursing Mitch McConnell or your political enemies. But then they'll all spit out their drink when they read that long ass. <laughs> if list. they want the curse to work, they gotta swallow. Oh, 
But I also don't think I want to be reading really colorful um, and graphic curses on people while I am trying to enjoy a beverage. <laughs> Just the first sip. I think it's a nice <laughs> coffee book for the feminist commune. Just- yeah. But also it's a spell book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God, I'm okay. like still crying. Miranda, you're a um, shade tree person. I was going to also say Nimrata. That was my one. And between her comments about the Democrats and her comments about the Confederacy, my having to look at her stupid face in Barnes and Noble. And, and just to circle back, the thing she said about the Confederacy was that the Confederate flag stood for history and it stood for something before Dylan Roof hijacked it. That's what she said. Hijacked it and made it about racism. Like it wasn't about racism before that. That's what she said. It was about heritage. I I don't think she actually thinks that. I think somebody paid her a couple million and told her to say it. she doesn't believe that. She's not an idiot. She's just, like I said, she's pandering. I think, yeah. Well, I don't think it's just pandering. I think, honestly, I think the way the media works, I think that clickbait is like uh, making people mad and writing the wrong kind of headline, all those things, that makes money for media companies. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was paid a, a dollar or two to say shit like that. I don't think she has to be paid to do it. I think she's just taking a page out of the Trump playbook. I think Correct. as many outrageous things as possible and get the media attention. I think a pina colada for pandering Nimrata Haley is the perfect cocktail to curse her with. I think that's good. Yeah. I hope she has four mustache hairs that are unpluckable. (laughs) (laughs) Coarse ones. Very coarse. Coarse, just really fucking... They just just (laughs) grow so long. Chin. (laughs) Chin. Chin hair. Coarse. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Just four. (laughs) Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. I want to say something on the flip side, though, because like you just posted something to our Facebook about a brown woman getting elected. Yes. In Boston, Mayor Siddiqui and the show notes will obviously have her first name. Um, she served on the city council of Cambridge. I said Boston, but that's my mistake. City councilor for Cambridge, and she was just elected the first Muslim American gov- uh, governor. Good Lord. The first Muslim. I can come up with these courses, but I can't say things that I know. <laughs> Pre-planned words. Samo Siddiqui. The, yes. The first Muslim American mayor in the state of Massachusetts. City of Cambridge. Yes. So um, That's the Harvard city. She is city councilor um, right now and then will be mayor, right? Um, so that's, that, that brings me a sense of peace. Um, there is this <clears throat> shade tree lifetime appointee, <laughs> but it's being balanced out by other brown women running for office. Anju, we know of a brown woman running for office in Plano, am I right? Lulu Sekali, Sekali, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but she is running for the nomination, on, um, for the Democratic Party nomination um, for Congress in the district that covers Plano as well as um, Frisco, I think, and a couple of other places. They have not elected a Democrat, like, since the 60s? 
or ever. I can't remember exactly. Anyway, she sounds awesome. She's an SMU alum like Pooja. Um, she w- is Lebanese American, first generation, and a lawyer. And when Trump first took office and started the Muslim ban and there were all those airport protests, which we went to, apparently she also rushed to DFW and um, offered her her skills to try and help people who were getting caught up in that ban. So uh, even though she's not actually an immigration attorney. So like definitely somebody who's putting her, who's been putting her money where her mouth is and uh, sounds like she'd be an awesome candidate and an awesome uh, congresswoman. An excellent brown woman addition to civic office. She's one of, I think, I'm going to say a handful. That's such a precise number, but I think there's at least five um, brown candidates running on the Democratic ticket for statewide or national office this election cycle in Texas. And I know there's at least a handful on the conservative side as well. Um, We also know of a brown person running for office in Houston, Texas, our boyfriend, Shri Preston Kulkarni. Yes. And I saw him at a fundraiser here in North Dallas a few months back. He is legit. He is what he says he is, and we've talked about him before. He was the candidate who... um, ran in 2018 and he did not win his seat so he's running again try try again um and he was the candidate who was known for having a phone bank in five different languages to reach the five different um asian diasporas diasporas um in houston and if I'm not mistaken, the Republican incumbent he was running again has resigned or retired or whatever, is not running for re-election. So he has an even better chance Hell motherfucking of yeah, taking, flipping that seat. Also, I just want to make a point of reminding everybody that um, we are, I think, eight seats from flipping the Texas House. Um, and there were like 20 some seats that came within a couple of points of flipping. So it is extremely doable Please pay attention to your local races. Please make sure that you are voting for the Texas. Yes, I state, can't help but think um, of the voters right offices. now. Like in the the most recent news cycle, uh, like Arya Stark in Game of Thrones, I thought of every single one of you who protested the vote. I thought of every single one of you who, out loud, said you support Jill Stein or Gary Johnson. I remember every single one of you who's just like, eh, it doesn't matter if I vote. <clears throat> Every single this one election matters. It's 2020. Whoever controls the House in 2020 or after the 2020 election gets to draw the district maps for the next decade, which will decide basically how easy it is for us to get congressional seats at the federal level. So really pay attention. It's important. It's also a census year. So the census, as you know, determines you know how much money you get from the federal government for different services based on the demographics and so in order to get money appropriated correctly again you have to vote for people who are going to dedicate those funds to let's say medicare medicaid elder care you know child care who are going to enforce policies where you know you know you got you got to pay attention for all those reasons 2020 is important that's also a good reason to point out that please do the census. Please fill it out. They use that information to determine how much money Texas gets and also how many congressional seats that we get. And even though Republicans are going to make it hard to do and are going to try and make convince you that you shouldn't do it, it actually does benefit Democrats if you do it. So do it. 
So I want to pivot to two things. The first is um, Pramila Jayapal, sorry, Representative Pramila Jayapal is going to reintroduce her 2017 access to counsel bill in the House, but we need to call our representatives and tell them to support this bill. What this bill will do is allow attorneys and other advisors, sorry, attorneys and other advisors to be present if you are detained at the airport. Currently, you cannot have counsel in. If you remember when we protested at the airport, one of the things that came about that was that attorneys, while they were there, they could not see anybody and they had to get notes passed. Right. Right. And so um, this is a bill that would prevent things hopefully prevent things like that so if you see it in the if you do not it doesn't matter if it's in the news you need to call tell your friends to call number two since this conflagration of assholes have decided to blow up the middle east right um again the we heard last week immediately heard of iranian americans who are citizens and permanent residents being detained at the border in washington state and at border checkpoints between the u.s and canada this last weekend this is the first week of january the first full week of january so um my shade tree are to the people and the typical typical they thought we thought they were allies reaction to this of can I see credible sources? Because at first when the news was coming out, it was just on Twitter. It was just word of mouth. It was just the local activists on the ground. It was care. It was, and that's um, the Council of American Islam Relations, um, C-A-I-R. And if that's incorrect, we'll get it in the show notes. Um, you know, they were, they have been activated. They're, this is what that organization exists. And so to see when people are sharing specifically brown people of different in different diasporas diasporas sharing this news as we're getting it and then being questioned in the comments of social media you know where are the legitimate news sources for this that irks me because for the sole reason of there are children in cages and so what what about what more proof do you need that the government especially ICE and CBP are perpetrating Gestapo like internment like definitely illegal type profiling back to the vote protesters <laughs> sorry i keep bringing you up i'm not sorry whatsoever um you don't care or didn't care. And you, I don't know that you can say you care. I, I can't say that. I can't speak for you, but you weren't critically thinking. You weren't thinking this would be a reality for people who look like you, Pooja, you, Anju, or me, Miranda. Um, you weren't thinking of us. You weren't thinking of our families. You weren't thinking of our friends. You weren't thinking of anybody who has a life or a history like ours or like our parents or like our relatives. Um, you don't have that perspective. So, of course, you would be so limited to think that your decision will not really matter. And I saw people say that. I saw on social media people saying, we're going to be all right. It's going to be fine. No, you're going to be fine. White man, straight white man, you'll be fine. 
Yeah, whoever wins tomorrow, I'm going to, you know, today I'm going to get up and drink my coffee and put my feet up and read my paper. And whoever wins tomorrow, I'm going to get up and drink my coffee and put my feet up and read my newspaper. Well, great. The first thing he did was, you know, attack the press. And the second thing he did was ban trans service members. So, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, we, within like, what, a month or so, um, started hearing reports of people who look like us getting hurt killed shot naturalized citizenship is was being called into the question in the news cycle uh a couple months back or a a few weeks back and so like back to the vote protesters (laughs) you you don't have a lens you don't have a perspective why should you care and 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 this is the hard part because i uh i'm being asked to be the better person as the marginalized you're being asked to be the better person as the marginalized when you bring it up everybody like with what withdraws but doesn't lean into the discomfort of the conversation even though it is absolutely part of the conversation like you participated you non-participated your non-participation contributed to this child being stolen from a parent and put into human trafficking. You participated in that. Sit with that shit. What's that quote about how um, neutrality is siding with the oppressor? Yes. So it's a choice to not not pick a side. It's still a choice. It's still a choice. And um, they'll argue with you because that's what happens. I'll get argued with and they'll say, no. In Texas, such and such and such, you know, da 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 da. No, Beto almost won the Senate race, so I'm not gonna fucking hear it. I'm not gonna fucking hear it. You chose not to participate. You could have been a part of the pool of people who voted the right way. And I don't even understand what that was protesting. In order to protest, I just, I mean, anyway, let's. Mm. Anju, what's your shade tree? <laughs> Um, my shade tree, I had, I'm going to go with my, my original shade tree, which is, um, I guess I'll have to go with Narendra Modi because of what's going on in India right now, which is that there have been mass protests in India over a citizenship bill that was passed at the end of last year, the, um, citizenship amendment, CAA, I forget what the other A is, act, I think, citizenship amendment act, but basically it offers refugees from the Muslim countries surrounding India, um, a path to citizen Indian citizenship for every faith except for Muslims. So, um, so like Rohingya Muslims, no path to citizenship for them. So, um, and and the reason this is such a huge deal is that it it violates the Indian Constitution. It makes citizenship contingent on race, on religion, and it excludes one specific religion. And the Indian Constitution, like the U.S. Constitution, is secular and protects all faiths and is not supposed to do that. Yeah. I would like to tag to what you're saying and throw also under the shade tree all of those uh, Bollywood celebrities who took a picture with him recently in solidarity. I don't know if you saw that. But yeah. they were I mean, all well, toothy smiles. I, I don't know if that was from a recent one, but there is some sort of Bollywood get together that is happening. That is, they're definitely trying to use Bollywood um, as a way to. They Sway. weren't expecting this huge backlash. So anyway, what happened is they passed the act. There's been protests, mostly of students and universities. There's been an incredibly violent crackdown by the local police in all these different places, um, which the government is doing 
jack shit to stop. And are, there's also like local militias, which are also part of the same like Hindutva, like Hindu nationalist. They're basically affiliated with the government, but they're not official government protesters or people. And, and we are, are they're they're mobs that are just going in and who are they're doing that are just rampaging and attacking people and the cops are standing by and doing nothing to stop them. Don't forget Kashmir. Yeah. Okay. We, by the way, I mean, we'll go, we'll go into further detail about all this. We've got an episode coming up. That's going to deal with this more directly, but I just wanted to say right now, that's who I want to put under the shade tree. Oh, a hundred percent. And, uh, um, who was your other one? Oh, oh, my other one was when you were talking about Nikki Haley, I wanted to talk about Tulsi Gabbard, but that can wait. Oh, fuck that bitch too. We want to transition to something more positive, something to leave you with to cleanse your palate, as they say. Um, We wanted to talk about brown art that we can consume, that we can look forward to um, in 2020 to give us a break from all the shit that's going on in the world. And the great thing about brown art is it makes us more and more and more real to other people. Yeah. Um, I would like to start. Go ahead. All right. So I have several things I am looking forward to. The first is, um, and it's all TV related. So, cause that's, we covered books in our last episode. So there's the books and I didn't want to be redundant and say things like Kamala Khan and her new series and you know, all that stuff, because we know we're always looking forward to that stuff, but Okay. Have you heard of a little Disney show called Mira Royal Detective? And it is an all Daisy cast. I have the IMDb pulled up. And yes, I'm going to read it's it It's literally you. every Indian or brown actor and actress you've ever heard of. Yes. Yeah. It's Utkarsh Ambudkar, Saria Blue, Karan Brar, Parvish Tina, Sarita Chowdhury, Jamila Jamil, Leela Lednir, Kamran Lucas, Asif Manvi, Aparna Nancharla, Kyle Penn, Frida Pinto, Sonal Shah, Hannah Simone, Karen Soni, and Avantika Vandanpanu. So everybody, yes, literally that. everybody. And, and so the great thing about Mira Royal Detective is that it was already renewed for season two before it premiered. Fuck yeah. And so within the cast of Mira Royal Detective, that was my jumping off point. I have two other things I'm looking forward to. The wonderful Hannah Simone, and you may know her as Cece Schmidt of New Girl. And she is Daisy, and she is uh, Daisy Canadian, or da- Canadian Daisy, whatever we call ourselves. But she has a pilot. She's filming a pilot, written, directed. She's the showrunner. So props to her. Um, and if her most recent Instagram stories, um, she did the, you know, beginning end of decade trend that was going around social media. And she talked about just moving from Canada with nothing, and her parents had to support her. And, you know, she by luck got into the new girl audition and now she just wrapped the filming of a pilot episode. So, you know, dreams do come true. So and the other person on that list is Soraya Blue. And you may know her from the Amy Poehler produced series, I Feel Bad, which was showing a blended Indian American family with the really we had opportunity for the brown Maggie, American Maggie Smith with the nani in that show. But, you know. <laughs> missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. But, so that show was canceled. And she has three big projects other than Mira coming up. She's on 
Oh, well, sorry, two other big projects. She's on To All the Boys I Love Before too. Yes. And so, you know, she's going to get screen time and become more famous there. And she also is on this new satire TV show called Medical Police, where she's the medical examiner. And there was a preview of that. I think it's TBS or Netflix or something like that. It was, it looked hilarious. And so it's a brown woman being, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a secret wing of the CDC. That's all I remember. So that's all you're going to know. And she is a big part of that cast. So go her. And my final one is, and I will admit to going back and listening to um, our episodes covering the movie Lion. And I am wholly embarrassed by, um, (laughs) by how I referred to Dave Patel, but needless to say, he can still get it anytime. What? <laughs> what? What? He grew his hair out. He grew his hair Pause. out. Pause. <laughs> Pause. He's been resurrected from the dead? I thought he was dead to you. Um, um, times is tough. The world is ending. <laughs> you just got to get it where you just, can get it. Just got to give it. Where and you've also good. seen promo pics of him and David Copperfield. That's what happened, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Your homegirl loves a good pomade, you know, whoo, yes. So Dave Patel is in um, David Copperfield, and it, it's, uh, it, it has a 2019 production date, but I believe it's airing in 2020. But the director, David Iannucci, defended his, um, what's it called, colorblind casting of, of Dave Patel as David Copperfield. Uh, my turn. I have two. I shared my first thing I consumed this year was The Art of a Brown Woman, uh, NPR Tiny Desk Concert of Ravina. Ooh. And her, she's a soul singer, uh, draws a lot of Minnie Riperton in her sound, and she pays homage to soul singers, Daisy soul singers as well. Um, if you check out her website, the wikis, everything, but she has an album out called Lucid. Uh, I think her first EP was called Shanti. She's super Daisy. And she like has this POC band. I think Anju, I remember you commenting on that, like at the tiny desk concert, like her entire band seems to represent the world. There was Asian American representation. There was... Pacific Islander representation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she had two background singers. One was black, one was an a Indian woman or a South Asian woman. And it was just nice to see. Black drummer. Nice. It was great. Great band. And the other thing is that premiered tonight on the night of the record, January, what, 7th, 8th, whatever today is, um, Party of Five. It's being redone in 2020 as a family of five immigrant children whose parents are deported and they have to figure out how to survive. It's unlike the original Party Five where I think the parents died mm-hmm. or something or other. Yeah, they died. And it is, it, it, I'm intrigued. So it'll be on Hulu or it'll be wherever, but I'm going to be watching it. That's exactly how you reboot a series. That's, that's great. Yeah, no, it's Just like brilliant. how they... Yeah, just like how they rebooted the Charmed um, series with three, um, and while one of them is Afro-Latina, but three Latinx witches and just the different family histories and the different perspective of sorcery and witchcraft that comes from their cultural heritage. Love it. Love when people do things like that. Andrew, what about you? 
So I went down a rabbit hole. We had posted um, a link two years ago in the summer of 2017, I think, that was about how Priyanka Chopra and Madhuri Dixit were co-producing a TV show with ABC about Madhuri Dixit's life. So it was about how she was a huge, mega popular Bollywood star, and then she got married and she moved to the States to a small suburban town and, like, how she, like, managed that transition. And this was around the time that Fresh Off the Boat and Blackish had come out and had become hugely successful. ABC was having all the success with, like, showcasing diversity in their comedy lineup. And so this was going to be, a, like, a new entrant into that, like, a, into that world, I guess. Um, but we've heard nothing about it since then. And I, I don't know why it popped into my head, like, last week. And I was like, is that still happening? Because I, I really need this to happen. Like, I need it to be, like crazy ex-girlfriends where it's a musical like can't you just picture it where it's like a musical and she like bursts into song every five minutes and she's talking about how like like she, her bringing all the color and all the like hamminess and drama of bollywood to like suburban white people <laughs> um if you're looking for somebody to be a consultant on your show and she's available Anyway, I'm just saying I had very clear ideas about this. So anyway, and I also had a very clear idea of the um, the person I wanted cast to play this part. Anyway, so I went looking, and there is a show that's in post-production called American-ish with a very brown cast, which does actually feature the actress I had in mind. But there's no information on what the show actually is, so I can't, I don't know for sure if it's the show, but it sounds like it might be coming out in 2020. Holy shit, American-ish is what I call myself. <laughs> So it's got to be about brown people. Like that was like the struggle growing up, wasn't it? Not totally. It definitely has to be about immigrants or immigrant kids. I think so. Yeah, for sure. I pulled up an article that was dated March of 2019. So almost a year ago about um, the Madhuri and Priyanka series. And they said that TV is hard to crack. Um, And this is a quote. There were some rounds that we did with ABC TV, something that is difficult to crack. It doesn't happen overnight, and it takes time. You have to keep churning it over and over again, and something might happen. So we're still waiting for a confirmation. That's from Madhuri Dixit. And um, it, the pilot has been written. It was written by Sri Rao, who's written for General Hospital Night Shift, mm-hmm. and Madhuri's husband, Sri Ram Nene. Oh, he co-wrote it? I knew he was also a producer. I didn't know he'd... Corona. Yeah. Anyway, I had not least. found that article. I just found a bunch of articles from July when I did, did my Google search. So, but yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm intrigued about this Phantom Project, and I can't wait to find out what it is. I'm hoping. I'm still have my fingers crossed. I feel really good after we had a little exchange here about like the things that we're excited to see in pop culture wise. Like that's, I I feel like story and things like that are soothing. Yeah, and there's things we didn't even mention that we're going to probably dedicate whole episodes to, like Mindy has a series coming to Netflix and a t- and a game show. Yeah, and it, that show is a coming-of-age story, so we're going. it's going to be a story about us, basically. Pretty much. So We'll do a premiere party. We will. Um, and like Pooja said, the big things that obviously we are excited about, things like uh, Kamala Khan and Ms. Marvel... Um, we are excited about seeing whatever the heck the Eternals are going to be doing. Oh, I know. <laughs> Came, I was just raising my hand to be like, <laughs> we got to talk about Camille Nanjiani's abs. We are proud to share. <laughs> like, this coconut photo oil with has you. never been featured so <laughs> prominently on a hairy-chested brown brother as it did. Props to you, 
This is so funny because Kumail on Twitter, like he retweeted Pornhub, who <laughs> said that this is our this is our new cover guy for something or rather some page. And he's like, like my life has gotten really weird. Like lately (laughs) I will try to link it in the notes if we can find it. But like, I just laughed so damn hard. He looks good. He looks good. Can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think he looked bad, but I'm definitely not saying anything, but he looks good right now. Like good for you, man. I loved just how how many thirsty tweets there were on Twitter the day that that promotional (laughs) picture came out and how many people were just like, damn, Emily Gordon, congratulations. (laughs) But also, but also, but also, he still has a unibrow, so. Pooja. What? Oversight. They were worried about the upper abdominals and all of that stuff. I mean, I'm not like, but his face. I'm not looking at his face. I think he looks great. I think he looks great. That's just me. But anyway, good for him and and the Eternals and whatever's going on there. Uh, (laughs) We're excited about that. We're excited about that. And also, Netflix continues to increase its import of shows from India. And like it did with the Korean dramas, that's going to lead to independently produced Netflix shows featuring Indian actors about Indian plots, which means Indian writers (laughs) and brown people get jobs. So to tell our stories. So when you see those shows, give at least a couple episodes a chance before you scroll past to watch The Witcher or whatever it is. Um, Um, Lily Singh's show is still doing great, I think. I yeah, I've been watching that. I think it's in reruns because they've been repeating episodes. Um, speaking of Netflix shows, um, Madhuri Dixit, I think, is working with Netflix on a new series. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Kalunk. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, listeners, if you got something that we need to be hip to in 2020 to keep us uh, from spiraling into nihilism, even though like we're kind of already there, hmm. <laughs> it keeps us safe. <laughs> And also, if there is a topic that you want us to cover in upcoming season four, let us know. We have, we're building out the episodes for the season, but um, we know that you guys always have suggestions for us and that kind of keeps us on our toes to what we present to you. So if you have any strong opinions of, you know, hey, I want to hear about, you know, brown school kids on the West Coast that go to an Amish school, which would be weird because Amish people are on the East. Um, um, you a know, profile of a speller from Scripps because we only have 500 Indians to choose from there. Right. We actually know someone we could interview for that. That's, so that's awesome. We do. So, you know, what do you want to hear coming up? We, um, you know us, we are pretty um, 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 vocal and progressive and feminist women and so we um those are the trends we look for when we when we develop our seasons yeah anju any final thoughts no just trying to keep the planet from shooting into this well, actually at this point i think i'd welcome us shooting into the sun oh yeah 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 i actually like read like loved that tweet you put <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, until we have been annihilated by nuclear war, this has been Miranda. I'm <laughs> joking. Okay, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Redo. 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 Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Um, until next time. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Miranda. Pooja. And Anju. 
with the Jilted Indian podcast. We came with love and courage and hope you go with peace and power. Thanks for listening.